Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of 100 Yards Football Sports Talk Radio. I'm your host and producer this evening, Logan Landers, and join me to talk about the Sugar Bowl and more specifically the key players on offense and defense in the Sugar Bowl. As always, our football savant, Mr. Football, Vincent Turner. How are you doing that this afternoon, Vincent? Hey. How you doing, Mr. Landis? All I can say is the Sugar Bowl, money to be made. Oh, you are not kidding. You are not kidding. There's going to be some money to be made in this game. A lot of super talented players on offense and on defense. We're about to break them down here in just a second. But before we get started, if you guys enjoy this episode, give us a like, follow, share, and, of course, subscribe on our social media platforms. That's going to be on Facebook and on YouTube. But you can also check us out on our podcast platform, Thanks to the folks at Believe Podcast Network. We're on every single major podcast room platform you could think of, like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, just to name a few. So once again, go over there, check us out each and every single week for audio versions of the show. Well, Vincent, let's get right into this one, man. We're going to talk about the Texas Longhorns first and foremost. And let's talk about, for me, my offensive key players if they want to get the win in this ball game. Well, I think first and foremost, it's got to be the quarterback, the guy who has been leading this team all season, who has put a lot of hard work in after an injury last season and has really, really taken that next big leap uh, into just some of the best college quarterbacks in the country. Of course, talk about Quinn Ewers, the sophomore out of South Lake, Texas. He's had a tremendous season, over 3,000 yards on the year for him, 21 touchdowns, six INTs. He also has a QBR of 79 which is top 20 in terms of quarterbacks in college football. But the thing I love about Quinn Ewers, Vince, is is that when the lights are bright, he can come and get it done. Let's go back to that big Alabama game everyone likes to talk about. Almost 350 yards, just one yard shy of that. A 63% completion percentage in that game. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. That is pretty much as perfect as you're going to get, and he played a tremendous game. Let's go back to more recent weeks. Let's talk about, you know, the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State and how he just absolutely carved that Cowboys defense up. 452 yards, four touchdowns for him. Didn't have the one interception and a sack, but I think you can say, you know what, we'll forget about that when you give me almost 500 yards of offense on 76% throwing. So Quinn Ewers, we know that he is a big-time player, a tremendous just big-time performer, and he's going to rack up. A lot of yards and in terms of throwing it through the air whenever you need him to get it there. For me, my second key player is going to be C.J. Baxter, the starting running back for Texas. Now, we do know that he wasn't originally the starter. Uh, that's before Jonathan Brooks went down earlier in the season due to an ACL injury, big blow for them. But Baxter has really kind of quietly been since, since he's had his role uh, increased and since he's had his carries increased, he's had a good showing. I mean, he had obviously that big breakout performance against Iowa State, 20 carries for 117 yards for him. But he's had some commendable work against Texas Tech, nine carries for 45. And then in the 12 uh, Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State, he got a touchdown on 43 yards on the ground. And he, he's not afraid to go out there and catch a few passes as well. So I think C.J. Baxter, kind of a guy who uh, got thrust into that starting role but has made it work. Once again, 129 total carries on the year for him for 595 yards, four touchdowns, but he averages what I love here, 4.6 yards a pop. That means he can get it done efficiently and effectively. And finally, my final key player I'm going to look out for, Vincent, and I I think that with Texas, 
they just have such a, a high-powered team. It's hard to pick a lot of them. It's hard to pick just one of them. But if I had to go with one guy, I'm going to have to go out into the wide receiving market there, and I'm going to have to go with Mr. Xavier Worthy. We know what he's about. He is just an absolute ball hawk out of Fresno, California. He can get it done, Vince. 73 catches for him, 969 yards and five touchdowns. And let's get another guy who is always going to show up in the big moments, in the big games against, uh, you know, some good opponents there. Against Oklahoma, he had eight catches for 108 yards. Uh, looking at the rest of the year against Alabama that game, five catches for 75. And, of course, we know the big one he had, kind of the breakout performance, uh, was, you know, he had that 10 catches for 137 yards um, all in all. So I think that when you look at this team, I mean, I, I think that while – Yes, that, you know, Worthy has had a good season. I think that he's got a lot to, to be capable of in this ball game here uh, coming up, of course, in the biggest game of their career. It's going to be a fun one, man, and I'm looking forward to events. Who are your key players on defense, though, for Texas? When I look at Texas, and um, I'm going to say this, I'm really going to enjoy this Sugar Bowl. When you see games like this, you see NFL talent all over the field, man. You see future stars that's going to play at the next level. You can go back to when LSU played Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, and you had all those great players from Marquise Hill to Corey Webster. Then you're looking at Oklahoma, they had Tommy Harris, Teddy Lehman. Then you can go back to Oklahoma and USC, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Oklahoma, Brody Poole, Adrian Peterson. This game right here is what people – Love. It's going to be New Year's night, last game of the day. And me, myself, personally, I'm going to be in my house with a pizza and a nice six pack. Because what I'm going to be, I'm going to be like an NFL scout. And I'm looking at Texas. I'm looking at the three players. I'm looking at Jaron Thompson, cornerback. 17 tackles on the year, three interceptions, seven pass defense. Mr. Thompson, you're a senior. This is your time to really not only play in a big game, but to make that money like the OJs because you're going to go against a tremendous, explosive NFL receiving core in the Washington Huskies. They got some players over there. I'm going to let Mr. Landis tell you about their players when he get to Washington. Then you're looking at Anthony Hill, freshman, All-American, outstanding linebacker, very athletic, 39 tackles, five sacks. But again, Mr. Hill, this is going to be a different animal. You're going to be playing against the best offense and maybe the best quarterback that's triggering that offense that's very accurate with the football, Michael Penix Jr. So you got to be real, real, real careful. you playing the linebacker spot. And then Washington has a good running back, too, and Mr. Johnson, the transfer out of Mississippi State. And then when you talk about Texas, you got to go to the defensive line because you're going to be able to have to put pressure on Michael Penix up the middle. Devante Stewart, who I think may be the best, I want to say, defensive tackle going into the 2024 NFL draft. 17 tackles on the year, two sacks, 6'4", 325 pounds, very athletic, very nimble. Hey, man, those three players right there for the University of Texas on the defensive side of the ball got a lot of opportunities to make a lot of plays because they're going to get comment come Monday night in the Superdome down there in New Orleans, the Big Easy. All right. Yes, sir. Looking forward to see what Texas is going to do. Let's talk about the Washington Huskies, though, a team who obviously is going to be my first key player I'm talking about 
And that's going to be the Heisman candidate. Didn't get the trophy, but it was a very good showing in Mr. Michael Penix Jr. Uh, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. 4,218 yards for him. 33 touchdowns, nine interceptions. And, and he has just done great work. Uh, we know, obviously, the two big wins this season against Oregon, knocking them off, of course, in the Pac-12 championship game. The big wins against Oregon State and Utah and USC as well. And it seems like Michael Penix always shows up uh, and always has a good performance whenever we see, uh, as you like to say, Vincent, those neon lights. The lights are bright there. And it's going to be a good showing on New Year's Day. We'll see what Mr. Michael Penix Jr. can do and what kind of numbers he can put up. Running back room. I mean, Dylan Johnson has quietly had, I think, a really good year. I don't hear a whole lot of love about this guy, and I don't know why. He's had a great year, career year even, 201 carries for him, over 1,000 yards rushing, and 14 touchdowns on the ground. I mean, and, and you know, I talked about what Penix can do and how he got those big wins at Oregon and whatnot. Well, Dylan Johnson helped out too. He was the star, I think, you could even put there. In that Pac-12 championship game, 28 carries for him, 152 yards, had that breakaway run to get it at the end there. And, I mean, two, like I said, two touchdowns in a Pac-12 championship game ain't nothing too shabby. He's looked good. He's had breakout performances. He's always going to be putting some good work in on the ground. And he averages five and a half yards per rush, which is absolutely electric. Dylan Johnson, my number two player. And number three, this is a toss-up, but I had to go with the main man out there in the receiving court. Honorable mention to Jalen Polk. But for me, Vincent, I got to go with Rome Odunze, a guy who a lot of people are pegging as, you know, one of the top three receivers in college football at the moment. And, you know, it's hard to it, it's hard to downplay that. With what he's been able to do and how well he's been able to play at Washington this season as a junior, I mean, he has exceeded, I think, a lot of people's expectations. Uh, he's currently on a four-game streak, Vincent, of over 100-plus yards receiving. He's got 81 catches on the year, leads the team, 1,428 yards of offense, 13 touchdowns, and a 17.6 average per catch. He is just, I, I think, a super talented wide receiver. If there's a jump ball, 95% of the time, he's going to be able to be the one to grab it and bring it on down for a catch. Uh, I mean, Romo Dunze, there, there's not enough good things you can say about him, how well he can just his explosiveness, his route running. I mean, he is just a big-time player, and I'm expecting big things from Romo Dunze and the Sugar Bowl coming up here very soon. But, Vincent, talk about the Washington Huskies defense and what they can do to stop Texas. Well, the Huskies defense, you're playing against a very red-hot Texas Longhorns offense. And you think about, like, Mr. Ewens, as you mentioned, some of the game performances he's had has been very, very outstanding. Big-time players playing big-time games. Mr. Worthy, outstanding to receive position. A. Mitchell from the Georgia Dog. I thought he was going to take a step back going over to Texas. Now he's still looking like an NFL first-round pick. So when I look at the Huskies, I think back to their 1991 National Championship team, Logan, and I think about what that defense looked like. Well, Braylon Trace is their best player, the defensive end, who a lot of people are saying is first-round draft material, 24 tackles on the year, five sacks, 8.5 tackles for loss. He's got to be Steve Edmond, too. Reason I say Steve Edmond, too, because Steve Edmond, as a defensive tackle, that year was pound for pound the best player in the country. 
Mr. Trice especially got to play well in a big-time game, playing against an explosive offense in the Texas Longhorns. Then I'm going to go with Dominique Hampton, a strong safety. He's played very well this year. 54 tackles, two INTs, five pass defense. He's got to be like Lawyer Malloy, too. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Former great safety with the New England Pages by way of the Atlanta Falcons. And finally, you're looking at all that NFL talent. Looking at all that Burt Orange is going to be in the house in the Sugar Bowl. You're looking at Mr. Worthy again. I have to bring his name up. Mr. Mitchell again. Mr. Ewan. Then Mr. Sanders, the outstanding tight end. Well, the best player to me in the secondary is Jabbar Muhammad, who played very well against Bo Nix and Auburn in the big in the Pac-12 championship game. Excuse me. Bo Nix and Oregon. I keep thinking the man is still under the center for the War <laughs> Eagles. I'm sorry. Mr. Muhammad. 37 tackles, three INTs, 10 pass defense. He's going to get some work on Monday night in the Sugar Bowl down in the Dome. I love the game, man. Going to be a lot of points scored. Might be what the team, last team has the football. These teams has got a lot of speed, and they're going to be going up, down the field. Plays are going to be made. And me personally, Logan, I wish I was an NFL draft scout like our boy, Mr. Daniel Kelly, because I'd be right there on the 50-yard line, man, just enjoying the whole, whole scenery of the game and drinking on some cognac. <laughs> Texas and Washington, baby. This going to be a hell of a football oh. game. It's going to be a lot of points scored. Man, you're not kidding. I'm looking forward to seeing how this Sugar Bowl is going to face off. And uh, it's got all the making sense to go down as a classic and the very uh, historic – just a game known as the Sugar Bowl. As always, Mr. Football Vets Tenor, always a pleasure talking sports with you each and every single week. I'm your host, producer, Logan Landis. Talk to you guys again on our love episode. Go out there and enjoy the Sugar Bowl. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.